you're about to enter the town of Brindlewood Bay. This small coastal town looks very much like any other in New England, full of kitschy stores and little shops, all designed to catch the eye of the hundreds of tourists who visit year-round. Imagine autumn leaves rustling in the crisp fall wind, summers filled with endless ice cream and laughter, winters made for holiday movies. Many of the residents have spent their entire lives in Brindlewood Bay, their families present at its founding. It's the very definition of idyllic. But its perfection is only a veneer. Six women, in the twilight of their lives, meet each week to bond over their shared love of mystery novels. But all is not as it seems, and these women will soon find themselves at the heart of a mystery all their own, because Brindlewood Bay is a home to many dark secrets. A world of shadow exists right under the very noses of our murder mavens. They may find the clues to solve the string of murders staining their town, but will they find the clues that unlock the secrets of the void itself? Welcome, friends, to Brindlewood Bay. We about to solve a murder up in here. It's finally time. I think the theorize is going to come. Maybe at the top of this episode, Johnny is our min-maxer and wants to go hunting for more clues. <laughs> Johnny, I feel like if we were played D&D, would you be the type of person who is like, I, we have to go into every single room and look for treasure? No. No? <laughs> really? No, I just don't feel like there's enough clues with this for me to feel like I can solve Come it in up a satisfactory way. Sure. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Well, I'll let you. How about this? We'll talk about something. I'll let you guys stew on it more. My favorite is that for listeners, they've had a whole week and they're like, oh, well, it's clearly this person and this is how they did it. And for us, it's been 15 minutes since last episode. <laughs> So you've gotten the clues and now you have to think about it. Um, uh, let me ask you this, though. Let's just this is a, a hypothetical question. Let's just say that your mind is stuck in a parallel dark dimension. Your body is back on the on Earth and it's slowly being raised into the sky. And your friends are like, we need to play your favorite song in order to get you back from this dark dimension. What, the only way. I, here's what I, here's what I want to ask first. So some of us have Spotify. Spotify actually has a dedicated playlist for this. Close that for a moment. Just forget that you looked at it. I want you to tell me what you think your favorite song is that would pull you out of the dark dimension. I already know because... Someone already asked me this. <laughs> so what is it? Oh, mine's a fantasy by Mariah Carey. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Mine would be I'm Good by Tim Bowman Jr. It's like a retro hip hop gospel influences in there. Extremely happy. Mine would be Writing on the Walls by Under Oath. Nice. I don't think I've heard any of these songs except fantasy. <laughs> That's my song. It's a good don't one. know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that part. <laughs> yeah. It just is. But I just don't know <laughs> why out of all the songs it would be that one. It, I feel like it fits that nostalgic vibe too. So that's a good, that's yeah. a good choice for it for sure. 
I got real good memories with that one. I think of like nostalgia. I think of like one of the first bands I like ever super got into was Switchfoot. Yeah. And Dare You to Move is like, it might be up there. And like, I don't think I've listened to it in years. You know what I mean? But like, I feel like if we're basing it off of nostalgia and memories, Dare You to Move might pull me out of the dark dimension. Your levitating body starts just dancing, moving. (laughs) It's working. Justin, you know that I ran into John Foreman outside of the Milwaukee DMV? Danny, I've also ran into John Foreman actually many times well, this was on accident. I was jogging. Run into him on purpose. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. There's so many speed. people see John Foreman and run into him on purpose. <laughs> he, uh, they're from Southern California. And oh. uh, they're just like, I don't know what it is. They're just kind of around all the time. <laughs> so I, I have multiple pictures growing up with John Foreman. Oh, I love that. Nice. John Foreman at Kmart. <laughs> it wasn't that quite slice of lifey, but it was uh, it yeah. was pretty close. Nikki, what are we feeling? Are we feeling some epic soundtrack, video game song? Mine would be super anime nerdy. Hanto um, Uso by me, um, which is the Tales of Symphonia OVA third uh, opening, but it references the <laughs> first Tales of Symphonia opening song. So it has that nostalgia factor. Tales of Symphonia, great game. It's a great game. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's a wonderful choice. Wonderful Thank choice. Thank you. <laughs> I think I think mine would probably be Supremacy by Muse. Oh, Ooh, yeah, I see that. Muse. Yeah, I haven't thought about Muse in a while. Mm-hmm. It's well, like such an yeah. epic song, and I, I can feel it breaking me out of any kind of mental rut, especially being trapped in a dark dimension. I will remember that next time you're trapped. It's <laughs> Place of Privacy by Muse. It's an epic song. Nick? I'm the only, I'm the only one that's answered. Uh, this <laughs> yeah, is so difficult. Don't answer. Don't worry about it. We'll just leave you in there. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, <laughs> get him out. No. We want Nick uh, back. I spend every weekend there. It's fine. I'm making a free Nick t-shirt and putting it in our merch <laughs> store. Uh, <laughs> free Nick from the free. Dark Dimension. <laughs> it would probably be uh, I Want to Get Better uh, by the Bleachers. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Sky, that's a band Sky and I discovered together. That's fine. And I've seen a bunch of times. The song in particular is pretty, pretty important. Whatever happened to the band that Jack was a part of? Fun. Mm, Danny referenced fun in the last episode. Did we? Danny did. Danny did. Oh no, wait, no, that was before. That was before the episode. Oh, I was like, I don't know. He did his mic check. He was just speaking the lyrics to fun. That's good. I like that band. Now, here's what I want you to do: your Spotify playlist. Uh, listeners, you can do this as well, too, if you listen to Spotify, either premium or free. There is a playlist called the Upside Down Playlist. It is the official playlist that says, from Netflix, that says, discover your personal playlist to help you escape from Vecna and the Upside Down. I want you to tell our listeners, now that you've said what you think it is, tell us what the official playlist says is the top song getting you out of the Upside Down. Like the one on top. on the top. Of the yeah, list. yeah, the one on top. <laughs> uh, 
Should we, are you going to ask who goes first or you want us just to? I'll, e- I'll, I'll even, I'll even put myself, I'll even put myself up first. My top song is from the new Maggie Rogers album. It's That's Where I Am. It's a good song. If you haven't listened to Maggie Rogers, it's wonderful. Mine is Money by Lisa, which makes it very uh, fitting because I love, Le- that's my favorite band member in Blackpink. <laughs> And it's my favorite, one of my favorite songs of her, so I'm not mad about that. That'd probably take me out, too. There you go. Mariah Carey and Lisa. And Lisa. <laughs> Mix. Yeah, that's like 100%. Danny, I see you smiling. What? Mine is Start a Riot by Duckworth and Shabuzi. Yeah, that's a good song. From um, Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Nice. That is a that's a good song. I think I that, like that better than Supremacy for my for my upside down song. You know, <laughs> I there Johnny can attest to this. Most kids music absolute garbage. But there was like mm-hmm. a year period where Rio was super into the Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack mm-hmm. and it wasn't the few times that he would ask for it and I'd be like absolutely we can listen to this uh, this album cuz it's oh, incredible from start to finish. I'm still waiting for my kids to be interested in good music. I listen to Encanto <laughs> every day. It's and like Encanto is good the first time yeah. you hear it. It's good when you're watching the movie yeah, when you're listening to yeah. the soundtrack three times a day. It's no. not, not it's torture. Song. It's yeah. torture. But the end of the Spider-Verse soundtrack, I was like, yeah, we can listen to it a couple times today. I don't mind listening to this song, <laughs> the songs on this album. Yeah. So according to Spotify, my song, which actually is probably a, even a better choice than what I would have picked for myself, is a song called I Am Hollywood by He Is a Legend, which is a metal band. I thought your name was Johnny. What no, it's not. It's Hollywood, us? no. It's Hollywood, okay. Yeah, no, he said his name is. He said it. So, so. mine was apparently my shot from, from Hamilton? Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love oh, that's it. incredible, Steve. <laughs> yeah, but Ro, you'll be proud of me because my number three on this list is Pretty Savage by Blackpink. There you <laughs> go. So that has some potential to rescue me. <laughs> my third one was How You Like That by Blackpink. So. Hey. <laughs> My my top one is still nerdy. <laughs> it's um someday from uh, the from the soundtrack for the world ends with you. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, mine was uh, uh, it's Oops by Young Gravy. Uh, nice. I've always <laughs> listened to I, I listened to Young Gravy for a long time. <clears throat> I don't Isn't know why he's on the top there, but it's just funny. <laughs> Isn't that just but a Rue? Young Gravy. Isn't that um, just a Rue? Yeah. yeah, I guess you could argue that. But he goes by Young Gravy. <laughs> my, my number five is a song I've never heard of before. It's a song I've never heard of before, and it's Cut My Fingers Off by Ethan Bortnick. And I don't know if that's like a message to you guys or if it ever does happen to me. You have to play that song and cut my fingers off. But I don't know why Let's it's on not. this list. <laughs> my bones break or I lose my fingers. What a choice. <laughs> Follow-up question. Did your song... That you said show up in your list because mine was number three. Mine did um, not. There is a number nah, of Muse songs on this list, but not. Supremacy. Mine did not, but there were like four other songs from the same album that were on my list. Weird. You know what is on my upside down playlist though? Running up that hill. And mine I is think that also, might be on everybody's. Yes. It's true. Yeah, I feel like they just had to throw it on there. It's true. Yeah, that uh, and uh, 
Master of Puppets. Yeah. I'm guessing it's probably yeah. on everybody's. Yeah, it's my number 39. Master of Puppets is not on mine. Really? Nope. It's probably because I don't use Spotify enough and it yeah. doesn't have too much to pull from. I uh, I haven't listened to Switchfoot in a very, very long time. Like years. So it's definitely, and I don't think I've ever listened to it on Spotify. Yeah, that'll do it. So that'll do it. It's mostly like jazz right now. Jazz and R&B. Also, just to get a little duality. So it's Oops, number one. Number five is Foundations of Decay, which is the new My Chemical Romance song. So just like... You have very eclectic music taste, Nick. Yeah, you know, good range. It tells yeah. me a lot about you. Yeah. And we know that Nikki listens to video game soundtracks. Yes. Uh, yes, I do. That, but they're not in here. Steve just listens to Lin-Manuel Miranda. Apparently. <laughs> I also wonder how much of this is Olivia using my Spotify. Oh, you know what? Some of Rio's songs show up on my yeah. upside down playlist, which is kind of a bummer because what would happen is you would go through my playlist and you'd be like, oh man, he's really into Speed Me Up from the Sonic soundtrack and you would play it and I would st- I would die. You would. <laughs> okay. die. And it wouldn't That'd save me at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's new Scooby-Doo is on here? What? <laughs> it's my number 14. <laughs> What does Scooby do? Coming after you. What does Scooby do? For real though, everyone everyone would just immediately be brought up by that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that should be it's on everyone's list. Um Force of Healing, truly. That was fun. That was very fun. Uh, tell us, listeners, tell us what your what your song is that would get you out of the upside down. We'd love to love to hear what that is. And then uh, we've never met you in person, so we wouldn't be able to play it for you anyway. But it's just fun to know. Well, uh, there <laughs> might not be a murder from us not listening to our favorite songs, but our murder mavens are potentially going to solve a murder tonight. How you guys feeling about it? Feeling good? It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I know who it was. All right. Well, let's save it for the theorizing, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> so you found out Dr. Edwards died in the Museum of Brindle Dolls. You went to investigate, talked to the curator, talked to the students at the bed and breakfast. Uh, found out Mary died as well too. Spoke to the like groundskeeper security guard of the Museum of Brindle Dolls and tried to speak to Dr. Subramanian uh, and were not very successful in speaking to him, although you were able to break into his apartment a second time and steal a clue. Let's go over those clues, shall we? You found a roll of sturdy wire in the ceiling of the Brindlewood Brindle Doll Museum. You found a copy of Professor Edwards' latest book, The Modernization of Pastoral America, with its cover ripped off inside of the office of Dr. Chanel Brown Willoughby. You found an antique doll with its head broken open by the entrance of the museum. You found a racy photo or video of one of the students, uh, of of, uh, Angela, found on her phone. You found that uh, Mary had a letter of rejection from Yale. You also found a brass museum badge with its pin broken inside of Mary's armpit. You found footprints in the mud near a 
back second story window in the Museum of Brindled Dolls. Inside of that window, like lodged in, you found a hip flask full of whiskey that was disguised as a tube of sunscreen. And now you are standing around a circle as Margaret Stanton pulls out the note that she stole from the bedside table of Dr. Subramanian after she called a fire alarm and snuck back into his apartment. Margaret unfurls it, and it is a handwritten love poem written on an old piece of weathered piece of paper. It is addressed to Dr. James Edwards. And it is signed, Dr. Subramanian. Wow. It seems the good doctor was pining for our corpse. <laughs> Let's hope he was pining for her while she was yet living, Margaret. He. He. Ah, he. Yes. I, I believe based on the age of this letter, certainly. Now perhaps it's time to just go over what the theorized move is again, for not only our listeners, but for you as well, too. Did you want us to read it? Yeah, why doesn't Monroe, why don't you read it? Uh, when the Mavens have an open, freewheeling discussion about the solution to a mystery based on the clues they have uncovered and reach a consensus, roll plus the number of clues incorporated into the theory or otherwise explained away, minus the mystery's complexity. Mystery's complexity is a six. You currently have nine clues. Uh, so depending on, uh, you know, what clues you incorporate into your theory or explain away, you could potentially roll with a plus nine or plus three. Um, so, yeah, that's one thing. Uh, explaining away a clue and saying like, well, this was a red herring. This actually doesn't have anything to do with the murder counts for you using that clue. For listeners that are listening to this and for you guys as well, this is the first time we're doing the theorized move together and, and playing Brindlewood Bay. Uh, the clues are about as vague as I've read them and given to the players. Most of the motive and the actual connection is going to be generated and discussed by the players and the characters right now. We've had, we've, I've, I've, we've had a few times to course correct and being like, all right, it's not like this. Just wait a little bit. You can add some of the, the, uh, connecting tissue between these clues when you theorize. Uh, if you want to go and look for more clues, you you can certainly try. Um, I will say at this point, you've you've pretty much hit up all the locations and most of the suspects. Um, so you can certainly, if there's something you want to try and look for, but at this point, you've looked at most of the places that have a connection to this murder. So it is now in your court. What do you want to do? What do you want to talk about? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Nick. So, so, honestly, this entire time in my head, I've been referring to him as Superman. I don't. What is his name? <laughs> Supermanian. Supermanian. Uh, he did it, and it's because he was he was rejected long ago. The level letter is old, and he out of out of like a you know just like a for old times' sake. You know, let's meet at the library. I'll you know, can you sign your book for me? It's new. You know, he brings the book, they meet up and like, you know, he may, maybe he wasn't even planning to do it, but he, he, uh, brings Edwards there. They meet at night. Um, and I don't know. 
Edwards rejects him again or makes fun of him, shows him the letter that he still has and is like, yeah, this is, this is goofy. And <laughs> Supermanian uh, <laughs> beats him over the head with his own book. Um, ah. Kills him. Wait. Nah, let's say he takes the doll, smashes his head with the doll. Blood just gets on the book, hence ripping off the cover. Uh, doll's broken, and he's like, uh, whatever, and he quick runs out, and he you know grabs the letter and runs out. Reason why he has to sneak around back in is because he realizes that he left the doll broken. Right? So he sneaks back in to, to clean up the scene a little bit more. Or maybe grab the letter, which he had forgotten, and uh, grabs the letter. Don't know how he left. Somehow he accidentally left the the wire in the ceiling. Not sure how he did that. I'm not gonna and give that just, to you. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we can we can. Ah, we that was a red herring. Well, ah. Why? Why is it a red herring? Uh, you know, actually, there's just storage up there, and uh, you know, he was when he hits the, the the dude in the head with the doll the head goes flying up it, it knocks loose one of the ceiling panels and like there's other storage stuff up there uh he, he loses the head too or maybe he took that with him and disposed of it because it was straight up a murder weapon and uh yeah that's why the wire was hanging loose it was just that's just where they store some stuff up, and, it, up, up and up in Subramanian's rut of heartbrokenness that's why he resorted to whiskey that he describes this guy's in the sunscreen bottle or oh, no, I think he was, no, I would. Uh, I would say that was. I don't know. I don't know how you how you tie in the. Um, how does this How does this connect Oni, or Margaret, to to Mary? I I agree with Oni's conclusions, and I think that um, I don't believe that the whiskey is connected because Doctor Subramanian had keys. He had hmm. means, motive, opportunity. I think that perhaps one of the students uh, saw him, and that's why we found a badge matching one that he would have had for the museum lodged in said student. Wow, that's good. So they, they like, climbed up there. I, yes, I believe that perhaps the students were up to some shenanigans and saw some things that she shouldn't have seen. Specifically Mary. Yes. Perhaps that's also when she saw the um, Angela acting a little drunk on the whis- uh, on the the beverage that they had at, from the hotel. Mary would be apt to do some risky behaviors after being rejected from her beloved Yale. Indeed, the reason she could have been climbing up there to get a better look was to take more notes to get a good grade so that she could get into Yale. Ah, notes on the dolls, you think? Yes. But we also know that Mary was, wasn't was above uh, you know, blackmailing people. Maybe she wanted to catch them. Mm. Yeah, recorded them together, then recorded the murder, and then you know, Supermanian has to says that she, she has to go. Hmm. We never found her phone. That's very true. Uh, and the video she had of Angela is proof that she was very much capable of trying this blackmail. But how does this explain the gun that nearly killed me? Who would <laughs> set up a gun attached to a string to protect a dead body? 
Apparently Supermanian. Strange man. Perhaps one of the other students knew what was going on, and he set up the gun thinking that they would be the ones who found the body. It does seem like a fool's trap. I feel such a fool for nearly stepping into it. I bet you didn't. Maybe the gun was set up by Mary because she was scared that Supermanian was onto her. I should hope not. I would much rather pin it on this bougie boat shoes boy. What was his name? Worthless or something? David. Ah, yes. David. Yes. Bougie he seems boy. dumb enough to set up a gun on a string. I don't think either of the other boy or the other students were involved with the murder. No, not the murder, just setting up a stupid trap. I don't think that either. Very well, they, Margaret, would they have what do you what, think? I think that when would they have had time to set up that particular trap in between us hearing what happened and getting up there? They were nowhere near the body. Unless the student that committed the murder, unless the student that set up the trap also committed the murder, there's no reason to believe that they set up the trap. Whoever committed the murder must have set up the trap. Yes, I see the line of reasoning. So the prevailing theory is that Dr. Subramanian had some unrequited love towards Dr. Edwards. He wrote, uh, you, you found this handwritten love poem from years back. So you believe that he was trying to rekindle some of that with Dr. Edwards, who then uh, did not, uh, his love was unrequited. Dr. Edwards does, does not want to be in a relationship with Dr. Subramanian. And so Subramanian got angry beat him over the head with uh, one of the dolls until he died. Blood splattered on the book, which is why the cover was ripped off. And Mary was trying to sneak in to take notes on some of the dolls in order to get ahead in class. Took a video of this conversation, took a video of the murder, is not above blackmail because she was already blackmailing Angela. Dr. Subramanian figured this out. He then snuck into Mary's room and killed her with his badge pin. You are saying these sturdy wires just storage, has no connection at all to the murder, and the hip flask was Mary's coming back from the party. That I like it. Is that all nine I, clues? I, that is all nine clues. <sighs> so Oni, you were the one that proposed this theory. I'm going to have you roll plus three. This is a big roll. This is a big roll. Nick usually rolls well. Uh, 10 plus three. 13. <laughs> 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 It's hilarious. Every other tabletop RPG you play, I roll nothing with bricks. <laughs> I'm like so proud of you in real life just for rolling a 13. Doesn't even make sense. Pure luck. That's a pretty good theory. I mean, you're going to have to go confront uh, Dr. Subramanian in order to figure it out. Get his confession. We should get um, the sheriff as well. Why did that feel like really that's a nice idea, theory Doris. you've got there? I know, I know. Shame if I, if I adjusted all over it. 
It always sounds like that's a what good theory. If it were true, <laughs> that's what it sounded like. I thought he was saying that's a great theory, and then Supermanian is the one who says that and comes out from behind a curtain in the room. <laughs> yeah, right. Quite a good. Theory. Uh, just one quick problem with your theory there. Um, oh. <laughs> I had the gun the whole time. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Could you, yeah. hold, just for a second, it's, it's tied to this string here. I have to pull the string in order to pull the trigger. <laughs> hold up a second. If just everyone like... could please line up and step on the string at the <laughs> same time. <laughs> All together now. <laughs> US players know that you rolled a 13, which means you know your theory is correct. In order to get that, though, you're going to have to go back and get Dr. Subramanian. Do you think we can persuade the sheriff after a night like this? He's just given us a talking to. I do believe that if we just show up at Subramanian's, uh, the sheriff will be there in short order. I mean, a uh, fire alarm did just go off, so the sheriff might be there in response. He might already be there. All right, so you're heading back to that little mom-pop soda shop. See if you can find him outside. You are walking up to the soda pop shop, and everyone is still outside. The fire alarm is going off. It's still going off. Well, it's been pulled off, but they're like waiting for the all clear and whatnot. You do not see Dr. Subramanian in the crowd, though. Where has he gotten off to? You think he returned to the scene of crime? Hmm. It's a stupid thing every villain always does. Is that alone reason enough to go there? What do you think? Is there anyone of import around us, or just just the people from inside the building? Uh, there, there are people, yeah, from inside the building. Yep. The sheriff has not arrived yet. The sheriff has not arrived yet. No. Perhaps we should ask the owners if they saw where Superman, Superman, yeah. <laughs> where did Clark Kent go? Real quick, <laughs> um, real quick, Meta. Alf, have we rolled a Golden Crown Mysteries roll yet? We have not, not rolled a Golden Crown Mysteries roll yet. You got it, Doris. So right now, our pickle that we're in is Supermanian is not here. It's not here. What did Delacour do, Doris? <laughs> <laughs> Think about break your it. brain, man. Think about it. Uh, my, so much thinking. You can even you can even use Oni's suggestion and say that that's what Amanda Delacour would do. She would return to the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's I need. Here's the thing, though. Just like <laughs> I need. You need the name of the Golden Crown Mystery in question. The name of the Golden Crown Mystery is the problem of the situation that Amanda herself found herself in and how she solved the problem. Are we allowed to collab that? Absolutely. You yes, can. I, Actually, I would I think like we're some supposed collaboration. To. So I think What's the problem. Hmm? I think we're supposed to, according to the okay. Okay. actual move. Just dig yourself in the hole, Danny. Do you want to lead him with the big line you're supposed to All say? Right. So Doris, um, she emerges from in between. She just walks straight under <laughs> Bernice's legs. And goes, this reminds me of a situation that Amanda Delacourt was in. Yeah. Let me think. <laughs> of course, yes. A murder in the mausoleum. Yes. Quite similar to us. She also um, came up to a cons- with a consensus on who the suspect was. Went to where she thought she would find him. And he wasn't there. And what did she do, Doris? I don't recall this one. I believe, sorry, I have an old mind. 
It takes a long time for me to think of things. I believe. Remember the fastest way out of town was a uh, boat ride. So he, she went down to the wharf. Of course, Oni, of course. He probably thinks we're very close, if not already sure that it's him. Mm-hmm. He's hightailing so- it out of here. So you believe he is at the wharf? The Brindlewood Wharf. The Brindlewood Dock. The BWW. You begin making your way down towards the dock. And as you get past the tree line, make your way and can see the, the wharf and the dock fully, there's a bright light on the pier. And as you start getting closer, you can see that it is a giant bonfire. There is a black-robed figure standing in front of it. And raised up in the bonfire, you can make out Dr. Subramanian. Raised up on, like, an altar? Inside of the like bonfire. A, like a pyre? Mm-hmm. The black-robed figure has his hands raised, and you can hear discordant chanting well i suppose it's time to go home i'm gonna (laughs) (laughs) this is more than we normally bargain for i believe we should call it a night ladies (laughs) oni takes off she just she's she's in her track shoot she is pounding down the, the wharf towards this guy Margaret, we can't run right now. You are running. And Dr. Schwab hoists up her dress and you just see the spandex <laughs> flashing in the moonlight. <laughs> like to imagine like her like the upper part of her body standing like completely still, but her legs are moving like incredibly oh. fast. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of you moving is loud. And so the robed figure turns around sees you coming and and jumps on a boat that starts taking off into the sea motoring away or with uh, it's oars. not it's it's oars yeah dr schwab will go after him and dive off the dock to swim after, after yeah. ripping off after ripping off her dress <laughs> only tries to leap into the boat like from the dock yeah yeah we're both going in oni yeah we're going, going for, for it he's not getting away <laughs> Okay. I was. I, I, just to be clear, I'm, this is not Doctor Subramanian, right? He's on fire. No, he's on he's fire. On fire. Right he's on fire. He's cool. I'm gonna get back Cross to the me. boat, Doctor Schwab and Oni, in just a second. Okay. What are the rest of you doing, Maxine? You said you were going up to try and put the fire out. Yes. Margaret um, is uh, pulling out her old flip phone and calling nine one one. Yeah. <laughs> Doris is running towards the, the, the flaming man as well. Yeah, yeah. Bernice? I'm just sitting there watching. <laughs> she doesn't even run. Life. She's just standing yep. there. You don't want to Bernice shouldn't get too close to the fire. She's like half alcohol. She'll go up. <laughs> <laughs> but I still not phasing her. That She's been through eight husbands. Come on. <laughs> Probably like three of them died this way, too. Oh so my you're like, God. <laughs> part of course. Yeah, this is familiar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Doris and Maxine, uh, you are running up and you get to this pyre. 
and uh, you struggle to take Dr. Dr. Subramanian's body down. Um, and uh, you know what? It's pretty risky, so I need one of you to roll the night move and tell me what you fear will happen if you fail or lose your grip. Uh, Nikki, do you want to take this one? Oh, gosh. I guess I can try. Um, I mean, I'm worried that I'm going to get burned. That's pretty fair. Um, I think what's worse is that there is an unattended, like, giant thing of lighter fluid that they use to, like, douse this thing. And you may accidentally trip it over and find yourself covered in lighter fluid next to this burning fire. Oh, wow. My goodness. Yeah, Bernice is just watching. (laughs) I'm sorry, Nikki. I really just threw you under the bus there. (laughs) Hey, Nikki, how about you go forward? (laughs) (laughs) Doris started over and goes, actually, Maxine, you grab him. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I will roll this with composure. Oh <laughs> so you roll the four. This is maybe a good time to remind you that you can always move a anything up one step of success by putting on a crown. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Did you need to describe things first, Arsha? Uh, well, which one? Yeah. So I mean, obviously. Doris and Maxine are like frantically trying to get Dr. Subramanian off. And Doris, you see that Maxine accidentally knocks over like one of those, like, you know, those fuel tanks almost of lighter fluid. And it just covers Maxine. Uh, And you see her just. Oh, no. Blast into flames. Oh, God. Um, Guys. Oh, Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So the crown of the queen just narrated a scene from Maxine's life or the crown of the void and uh, your cozy activity will always be touched by the void. Okay. um, Yeah. I'm going to do the crown of the queen. I'm just... All right, we'll do... Okay, so the fire reminds Maxine of a day when her daughter was practicing violin. And um, it was in the living room by the fireplace. She was making these beautiful songs. But at the time, Maxine had just gotten uh, a report card about how her grades were and she um, interrupted the violin practice and got onto her about these grades. And um, while she was trying to watch out for, like hoping that she could help her daughter turn her life around make, and get better grades, it, what it ended up doing was scaring her away from violin practice. So it was one, one thing that she regrets and wishes that she had done better. And you're thinking about this moment and there's almost like Doris, as you see Maxine get covered in, in lighter fluid and get lit up, we just hear like that same violin melody that your daughter was playing in the, the memory. 
over the fire ablaze on Maxine. But that's not what happened. Instead, uh, Doris, you see Maxine knock over this like lighter fluid and it just like spills onto the ground and like trickles off the dock. That could have ended badly. And (laughs) that was crazy. (laughs) Bernice's woe broke through the timelines. (laughs) Uh, On a seven to nine, you do it and hold steady, but there's a complication or cost. Uh, And I think the cost is that I would like for you to mark the condition. Uh, What's the like lowest form of degree burns? Third degree, right? The lowest form is first degree. Is first degree? Uh, well, how about third this? Degree. Uh, third degree. Uh, I want you to I want you to add and mark the condition burned. So okay. you are you and Doris together are able to get Doctor Subramanian off, but you are burned because of it. Okay, is he still alive? He is barely barely breathing. You're under arrest, sir. <laughs> I think you need to scream louder and like he heard you. Right in his ear. You are under arrest for the murder of James Edwards. I did it. I did it. I know. I'm sorry. Just couldn't handle. I just say that again to the sheriff. <coughs> I'm not going to make it. Oh. Oh. You can tell that like he's burned all over. He's been on this pyre for minutes now before you guys got there. Why don't we try one of those recordings? And <laughs> uh, Maxine and Doris like try and awkwardly like turn on their phone to try and get the recording up. Yeah, no first rate attempts. It's, just, like, it's and, two uh, grandmas trying to figure out a phone. Over the a man will be about to be corpse. It's his last moments, and he's just looking up, and they're just like, "No, I don't think button. that's quite my password, dear." <laughs> Maxine, I can't figure out how to go to voice memos, but I can do a video here. Video. The flash turns on because she hasn't. She didn't turn it off. She doesn't know how to turn it off. <laughs> she, like his eyes go wide. He's like, oh. points it red at his face. <laughs> Say it again. My name is Doctor Supermanion. I killed Doctor James Edwards and Mary. I'm sorry. Doris points the camera to her face and goes, uh, we've called the authorities, so we didn't do nothing to help this man. And she stops recording. <laughs> and you, <laughs> the two of you, see Dr. Subramanian give his last breath. Margaret, you are on the phone with 911. And eventually you get through and tell them what's happening. Bernice, anything you want to do? Or we're just we're just taking another drink of wine. <laughs> She's just sipping. I'm, I'm just sipping. I love it. <laughs> sipping and watching. Well, that's my cozy time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is better than any cheap TV she's yeah, ever seen. Yeah, that's her real, her real cozy activity is watching men die. That's her real. Well, I was also watching these two older women try to work out this phone in the last minute. So well, like, we, should roll, we should roll the cozy move then. Yeah, perfect. No. Um, Oni and Dr. Schwab, you are racing towards this boat that is moving away from you. I need, I mean, I think both of you need to roll the night move. Totally fair. 
They have to tell us their fears, right? Yeah, you have to tell me your fears. And I'll tell you how it's so much worse than that. So I rolled a seven. I rolled with vitality. Tell me what you tell me what you fear first. Yeah. So Dr. Schwab is uh, dreading um, that we do catch up to this man and that we're overpowered. Okay. But sees no other option because of Oni's tenacity. Oni's just afraid that she won't catch him and won't get to, you know, extract the justice that is deserved. For context, Oni also has the, uh, yes. the Milton Hardcastle Maven. Yes. So. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, Oni, uh, Dr. Schwab, what's worse? I'll tell you what, for both of you, uh, what's worse? Oh, you know what? Actually, Dr. Schwab, for you, what's worse is that not only will I'm trying, I don't want to give too much away, but I also want to make sure I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to as a GM. You will not catch up to this boat because someone, something will prevent you. Oni, yours is actually the opposite. What's worse is that you will catch up to him. Now we reveal our roll. Now tell me what you rolled. What you got, Oni? You can choose to... Something, you, Oni, how about this? Oni, as you're if getting... Cl- if you fail. Oni, as you're getting closer, there's something just so ominous that even you, like, this whole time, Oni has been, like, very sure, very, like, stubborn... There is something about this situation that is giving you pause. You are not seeing something. Oni just goes for it. Okay. Both of you are going for it. Tell me what Dr. you roll. Schwab goes for it and rolls a seven. I also roll a seven. Uh, to be clear, I rolled with uh, present. No. Yeah, present. I'm trying to be intimidating. Um, I think you need to roll with composure because you're trying to catch up to the boat. I don't want to vitality. Sense. Wouldn't it be vitality? Vitality. vitality? Sorry, vitality. That's what I meant. Wow. This is a very um, physical act you are doing here. You're going to put on a crown, Nick? I mean, I have to. <laughs> That's six. So let's do the partial success first. Dr. Schwab, you jump into the water and swim. And you swim fast enough to catch up to the boat. You're pulling yourself up onto the boat when you feel something wrap around your leg and start pulling you down. Oh, dear. Oni, you are sprinting and realize you're not going to be able to swim and catch up to this boat. You keep sprinting down the pier past the pyre and you jump off the dock. And you're about to land in the boat and it looks like you're about to fall into the water into whatever has grappled Dr. Schwab. Are we going to put on a crown? You were going to put on a crown. I had a feeling you might, which is why I said might. This is why Bernice didn't get involved. <laughs> Just sipping and watching. What wine you got right now, Bernice? Not, well, it was not strong enough to be as... Drunk as she would like, but 
just this enough is the to make wine. this, this is outdoor really, wine. Yeah, yeah, this is walking wine. Got it, your crime solving wine. <laughs> <laughs> this is our street wine. Street a little wine. bit watered down. Flashback showing how you were an imperfect mother. Okay. That's going to choose. Okay. So, putting on the crown. So, Oni is very, very much younger in this scene. Um, she's outside of her house, still in Benoit Bay. Um, she's throwing things onto the lawn just right out of the house, just shoving it out. And the person you can only assume to be her daughter is crouched over, also on the lawn, crying. And that's it. That's that's the whole scene. This memory flashes through, and just at the last moment, you land and grab the edge of the boat and pull yourself up into the boat in front of this man. So both of you have rolled a partial success. Dr. Schwab is being pulled under. Here's the cost for Oni. It is now far enough away from the dock that is just the two of you that see this. You see these inky, voidless tentacles made out of water that envelop the boat. Oni, your vision is cut off. You no longer can see anything outside. You can only see what's inside of these inky tentacles. As the man starts to like walk into them and seems to be moving somewhere else. She swings at him anyways. Just punches at him. I think it is another night move. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I think that's another night move. I was expecting it to do nothing. Uh, is this vitality again? Because I'm swing. Uh, I mean, this one I think can be. Yeah, tell me. Well, first, tell me what you fear will happen. Oh, what I fear will happen. I'm actually afraid it'll connect. Uh, like I'm afraid. I kind of <laughs> hope that it, it'll just like not. It'll miss. Yeah, that it just kind of like, you know. Or you're afraid like, what will happen <clears throat> if it does connect. Yeah, like I don't want yeah. him to stay here. But like, Oni's like, this guy's got to go down and just goes. He's gonna go down. That I feel like you are his presence, right? He's trying to. Yeah. Be in- or composure, maybe. Either way, it's a plus one. Okay. I think it definitely would be composure. Cause, oh, I guess a fear-based reaction would be fear, freezing up in fear. She went yeah. out there to hit him. So yeah, composure. Composure works. It doesn't really help, though. Um, I rolled in eight and then just plus one, so it's nine. It's a nine. Okay. So you do it, but there's a complication or cost. <laughs> Dr. Schwab, I'm not having you roll because... All of a sudden, what's dragging you down, you no longer feel it pulling you. You also no longer see the tentacles, the inky black void surrounding this oar boat. They disappear as well. You also do not see Oni or the black hooded figure. So I'm sorry, what do I see? (laughs) 
an empty rowboat that is now just drifting in the bay. And I'm just alone mm-hmm. in the boat? Mm-hmm. Outside of the boat. I don't think you've pulled yourself up Oh, yet. that's right. I'm just hanging on the edge of the boat, and it's empty. Dr. Shrub looks back desperately at the shore. Can she see anything? It's far. I told them they couldn't really see the the inky black tentacles, so I think it's... I mean, the can, fire, if it's yeah, if there's sure. any fire yeah, left yeah, on mean, the pyre. Like, you can make out what you would normally be able to make out. From, mm-hmm. But... Oni? Oni? Silence. Dr. Shrub pulls herself into the boat. I actually think that's a good time to to cut. I'm going to leave Nick hanging there for a moment. It's sometime after this mystery, after you've solved this murder, you show the video to uh, the sheriff. Obviously, Dr. Supermanian is there. There's some talk about, like, is this under duress? But ultimately, they they come to the conclusion that yeah, they look at the evidence, they look at the video. It makes sense. Why don't you someone start narrating a cozy vignette? How do you how do you relax after a murder mystery like this? Um, Maxine starts painting a picture. So she has to take very slowly because of her burns, so yeah. Takes a lot of breaks, but she starts um, painting a picture of the fire scene tied in with like the love letter and the broken heart. Mm, I like that. Are we all together in this cozy environment you, or are we all separate? You can be. You can be together if you'd like to. Uh, it might trigger the cozy move at that point. Um, but you can also and, be uh, separate. How many of us are, are together, Justin? Uh, well, <laughs> you tell me. It's your it's your cozy scene. The, to trigger the cozy move, it's having an intimate moment, intimate moment with another Maven, while one of you is engaged in your cozy activity. So I read that as just you and one other Maven, because that kind of sets up some nice nice interpersonal stuff. Um, so so it'd yeah. be any one of these guys. Any one of them. Yeah. Okay. We'll have Bernice in her very it's it's cozy to her but not cozy to anyone else because it's <laughs> covered in plastic <laughs> bernice is sitting down what not really watching tv but it's on yeah. she's kind of like zoned out and doris is by the window looking outside as always old faithful <laughs> Uh, Doris, what are you w- watching? What are you looking at right now? She oh, the, she is on. Um, oh. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I thought he said Bernice. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> you could tell sorry. me what, what trashy TV show you're watching, too. Uh, oh, no. Let's do go, go Doris. So you see Doris. I'm sitting next to Bernice's window, just looking out. Um, and she has, she doesn't have that typical look that you're used to of like squinty eyed, like suspicion, or like, oh, someone's up to something. It's more just like worry and like confusion and like maybe even sadness because I mean, all the mavens, they, they heard about Oni's disappearance, probably from Dr. Schwab. <laughs> and so Doris is out looking for her. She's almost yeah. expecting Oni to kind of emerge 
maybe see her walking down the street, but she doesn't. And yeah. Uh, Johnny, are you feeling like a, a Margaret Schwab team up again for tea time? Oh, we can. I had a, something I had, different. Well, I had a, let's, let's say, uh, you want to do uh, a little baking or? Yeah. So, so Margaret is at Dr. Schwab's. <laughs> Dr. Schwab is, or Margaret is at Dr. Schwab's house, but she's, uh, standing in the kitchen and she's got a couple of, of pie doughs like laid out that she's already rolled out. The pie plates are sitting there. Um, but she kind of just stands there for a moment looking at them, remembering the, uh, the dream that she had about the pies and then everything. All right. Oh, yes. I'm just, I'm remembering that dream I told you about, but, uh, I'll be okay. And she, she starts picking up the, the doughs and putting them in the pie plates. I should hope so. We need to get to the delicious part. <laughs> yes. It, it takes some time, dear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Schwab, you know, just kind of has a wistful look out the window. Seems grateful that someone is in her kitchen besides her. You know what goes great with baking? Baking. <laughs> and she uh, pulls a mysterious item out of her purse. I was wondering how long it would take you to offer. Well, shall we? This one takes less time to repair. <laughs> Let's. And as Dr. Schwab and Margaret both eat pie and smoke, uh, we cut. It's been a few weeks since you solved the murder of who killed Dr. James Edwards. The entire time, Doris has been like walking around town, staying in her house, trying to keep an eye out for Oni. And... Uh, or you know what? How about this? Uh, which one of you is probably most likely to go like hiking in the surrounding like forest? Um, Doris is used to being outside gardening, so I think probably we see a scene of Doris um, leaving Bernice's. Maybe she gets tired of just sitting there watching the incredibly low budget TV that she watches, and she's like, oh, "Bernice, I'm gonna call it a night. Um, good night." Good night. Be safe. Doris goes, tries gardening for a while, and we just see like a scene of her just sort of like catatonically holding her hose on some plants and is like like watering them. Not really. You can tell she's zoning out. She's thinking about all the possibilities of what could have happened, what happened to Oni, and she just can't. Her cozy, her typical cozy, cozy activity is not cozy to her right in this moment, and so she says, I. She just needs to get out of that headspace, so she decides to leave her yard and go for a walk. Doris, you are just walking through the forest. It's a nice, relaxing time. You get to look at all the plants, the local wildlife. Sometimes you'll, you know, pick up a seed or two, pick up a flower to try and grow something back at your house. And you hear a rustling in a bush. Who goes there? And it keeps shaking and shaking and shaking. And out of the bush, in a tattered and dirty tracksuit, you see Oni. 
and we cut. And that is our short little Brindlewood Bay campaign. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Gotta leave that open. What happened to Oni? Maybe we'll come back to this. We don't have to answer that question. What's the deal with Oni? <laughs> I, I really wanted to say, because uh, I, I, I thought of this afterwards, but you said the boat was empty. I wanted there to be a lit cigarette. <laughs> just, just, just that would be funny. Yeah, that would have been funny. That would have been good. That would have been Might good. Have broke it, would have broken it a little bit. That, if we had a writer's room, we would have, you know, that would have been the first yeah, draft. And yeah. then you would have been like, what if there's just a lit cigarette? And I'm like, perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> well, um, if you ever want us to like come back to Brindlewood Bay. I don't know, Nikki, how, what what did you think? That was a lot of fun. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, I definitely didn't know what I was doing at first because this is my first time even joi- joining this. Yeah. But um, I felt like, for one, you guys are very welcoming and easy to work with. So it made it really fun to just hop in and do things. Well, we'd love to have Exercise. you back. Thank you. Yeah. you back. You did great, Nikki. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for joining this chaos. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you want, Steve, I'll step on your toes a little bit. Uh, you can add stuff. But yeah, if you are thought this was cool and you're like, I want to know what happens to Oni as well, too. Um, support us on Patreon because we want to start making more content. And to do that, though, we need to, you know, have a business that can support more content um, for just us as people to like collaborate and do this creatively. Like it, it takes time and it takes money. Um, so that's why we have a Patreon is because we, we do love producing content for people and we want to do more of it. So if you thought this was fun and you want us to do more short campaigns or eventually maybe even a whole nother second campaign, maybe we'll play Brindlewood Bay and just take it to the end. Uh, support us on Patreon. If you're already supporting us on Patreon, feel free to up your tier if that's something you're interested in. Um, uh, the Steve is uh, constantly reminding me that our tagline should be like for the cost of a coffee a month, right? Like just don't go to Starbucks one time in the month. And they're the worst anyway. So. They're pretty bad. They're short on all of their. <laughs> it's true. I guess <laughs> Duncan is the worst worst, though. Well. It's, <laughs> it's like, I mean, well, Steve. No, I just don't know the beef. I, I just, I, I, I'm Wait, there's, there's a beef and coffee. It's Wendy's. Is there some major coffee beef going on? Yeah, but right Wendy's now, has, so this. Wendy's has their, uh, <laughs> their frosty creamer. How did Wendy's even come into the equation? I was just, I was just making yeah. a joke about the beef. Oh, <laughs> the Wendy's well, beef. Well, they use yeah. No, no. Wendy's, their slogan in the eighties was where's the beef? Where's the beef? That's right. Apparently That's Arby's right. had it this entire time. Hot take, no, Arby's has the meats. Oh. Yeah, he's right. He's right. Hot take, Wendy's cold brew is really good. That's I didn't know they take, had Justin. It's really good. It's really That's good. Nice cold take. You get their chocolate, you get their chocolate frosty creamer in there. How much, how much is the Baby. cold brew? I have no idea. Anyways, it's not like you have Wendy's to not get right a coffee. Now. I was going to say, I was going to say, drink coffee and listen to our podcast. It's I was going to say, if it's saying like just, dollars, just, we're like making them make a choice. <laughs> we're just saying like to support us. Like, just think of it that yeah. way. Like it's, it's the cost of a coffee a month. It's like buying your friend a coffee. It's like buying your friend a coffee. Don't buy Once your friend a coffee. They can afford their own. Support us. Buy us a coffee. <laughs> we can't afford coffee. Please buy us a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like we're, we're just falling apart. All right, it's like gonna... buying five $1 pens at five below. That's right. That's exactly it. So don't buy those pens. You already have some somewhere in your house. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I said, if you're interested in supporting us, we, we'd welcome you. Um, and if not, just tell your friends or leave us a review. Uh, leaving a review is actually another great way to uh, have this podcast be in front of people. And next week returns, or no, this week returns Avatar as well, too. <gasps> this is the, this day That's also releases wild. season two yeah, of Avatar. Listening to this episode, you episode can one of also, season two is also listen to Avatar. It's true. Yes, it's coming out at the same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> man. Don't miss it. It's going to be crazy. What happens? I don't know. <laughs> All right. We well, never do. We never do. Well, thanks so much for listening to Brindlewood Bay. And I hope we come back to these characters again someday. Bye. 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 Thank you. Brindlewood Bay is a game written by Jason Cordova. The mystery, Lies and Dolls are a very brief tenure, was written by Sharon Baswas. 